Hey folks, welcome to Enrollify's latest podcast series, BrandCamp. BrandCamp is a special podcast series on why brand manifestos matter in higher education and how to create one for your institution, your academic unit, or your program. This special series is brought to you by Unincorporated, a higher education agency committed to building engagement, growing enrollments, and solving major challenges facing universities, schools, and academies. BrandCamp is hosted by me, Zach Buzikers from Enrollify, and Ian Evanstar, founder and CEO of Unincorporated. This series will explore why higher ed needs better brand manifestos, how to craft a mission statement for your school that doesn't suck, why vision statements are crucial for higher ed marketing, and how to audit your brand values and augment your brand positioning accordingly. You can learn more about the incredible work that Unincorporated is doing and explore their client case studies at unincorporated.com. Or you can connect with Ian on LinkedIn via the link in the show notes below. All right, get ready, folks. It's time to go to Brand Camp. We are ready. We are fully caffeinated and ready to dive into another epic episode of this special collaboration between Enrollify and Unincorporated. So Ian, today we're going to be talking all about mission statements. And the uh, the title that we've come up with for this episode is How to Craft a Mission Statement for Your School That Doesn't Suck. Before we kind of dive into the meat of the conversation, I, I feel like we should define mission statement. I know people probably have a rough sense of what that is. But like, from your perspective, how, how do you how do you define what a mission statement is? Yeah, great place to start. Start with definitions, start with a uh, foundation that we can build from. And I love the title, by the way, of the episode, very academic. But no, <laughs> we are, we're going to, I say that in jest, but we're going to keep it academic. We're going to keep it palatable and practical for those listening. Uh, as a just quick reminder, this is part of the brand manifesto framework, which me and our team have developed at Unincorporated. And you can always, Go and check that out if you feel compelled to after hearing this. But what is a mission statement? Great question. Let's start there. Simply defined. Now, there's tons of definitions. This is the brand manifesto definition of a mission statement. Simply defined. It describes your ideal day-to-day activities. These are your daily operations, if you will. So if you properly craft your mission statement, it's going to drive your program, college, university toward your vision statement. Hmm. So you can think of your vision statement as if we're trying to summit a mountain, right? It's that big, hairy, audacious goal. That's the what we're trying to achieve. The mission statement describes the path, kind of the trajectory. It's the the path or the activities that we will do day to day in order to keep us moving toward that summit. Yeah. So if your vision statement is the what you're trying to achieve, the mission statement is how you will achieve it. It will. It describes how you, your team, your faculty, your staff, your admin, how you want them to conduct themselves day to day. And here's why. And I know you have a why question coming up, but this is so that you can stay aligned, you can make meaningful progress day to day, and be moving together in the same direction toward your vision. I love it, Ian. Um, quick follow question there before we get into some of the of the whys how granular should people get with developing their mission statements? Meaning if I'm a faculty member and I oversee three or four programs, right, in the in the school of business, should I have a mission statement for my three or four programs? Or is that is that too niche? Should just the business school have, have a mission statement? Should the mission statement for the business school be identical to that of the, the institution? H- how do you think about like whether or not you should develop a mission statement given sort of like 
your immediate area of oversight, if that makes sense. A lot of academic units, they're not operating from a centralized mission. Yeah. So what do you do in that case? Well, you look at hopefully your university leadership has crafted a mission statement or maybe combined mission and vision together. And they have like a unifying vision of what we're trying to achieve. And this is how we're going to do it at the institutional level. And so then all the way down to the academic unit and even within the academic unit, that might be even like the admissions department, you know, or the admissions team within that academic unit, you can craft your mission that aligns. That's a subset of that institutional mission. So I think you can go from the 30,000 foot view, the institutional level, all the way down to boots on the ground with your team, with your department, with your academic unit. And if you align your mission for that team to the institutional mission, then that's a great way to make sure that, again, everyone's aligned, everyone's moving toward the same similar vision and that it's actionable and describes, you know, in more detail or that granular detail of how you actually want your team to conduct themselves day to day. I love how you keep using the word actionable, Ian, because I do feel like mission statements generally, at least the ones that I, like I've seen, seem seem like they're almost confused with the vision statement, right? They're, they're almost a little too lofty. Um, and I exactly. like how you keep reiterating the importance of whatever the statement is, uh, that, that it be something that is truly actionable, right? Something that at For any sure. point in time, folks will be able to measure, hey, are, are, are we are we making progress towards our mission or aren't we right and in order for that measurement to happen it, it has to be it has to be something that's actionable so on exactly. that note like what are some what are some of the more like non-obvious reasons for why mission statements matter i think at, at, at a high level everyone agrees yeah you should have a mission statement that 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 sounds that sounds reasonable right but what, yeah. what are some maybe of the the lesser thought about reasons for for why these statements are so important yeah, absolutely. And just to mirror back what you said, you're right on the money with the fact that mission statements do need to be actionable. Think about when you Google how to change a flat tire on your bicycle, how to prepare a five course meal for your in-laws, right? Whether you're doing that in Google or YouTube, it's how to, it's practical, it's step-by-step, -step, it is actionable. So that's a great filter that you've called out. Mission statements need to describe how to conduct yourself. And for that reason, they're actionable. So going back to your question though, like what are some of the non-obvious reasons why we would want this? Well, as I mentioned, it's going to set direction for, you know, kind of the path that you're going to take with your team and your institution. Yep. But the non-obvious reasons within that is that with the direction that you're setting, you're also setting priority and focus for everyone within the organization. So I think we, you know, working within higher education, maybe as an agency or in-house, you are just bombarded with different priorities, different <laughs> initiatives, right? You're being, your focus and your energy is being pulled in so many different directions. So a mission statement can help you, your team and also leadership set priority and focus for everyone within the organization. That's like a benefit or an outcome that's not obvious. Because of that clear direction, because you have priority and focus, there will be these extreme circumstances like COVID, right? These key challenges that are going to make it difficult to do your ideal habit of how to proceed toward your vision. And so a mission statement can also give the direction and the clarity to work through those challenges. So yeah. take, for example, Yale's mission statement. I'm paraphrasing here. 
But Yale's mission statement says, we're going to carry out our mission through the free exchange of ideas in an ethical, interdependent, and diverse community of faculty, staff, students, and alumni. So during COVID, major challenge facing all universities, senior leadership can walk into that room with that mission statement and ask their team, look, we need to move forward. How are we going to do this? Yeah. How are we going to continue to provide a free exchange of ideas during the pandemic? <laughs> it's going to take everyone's attention off of the pandemic. Oh my gosh, sky is falling and galvanize the team around this how-to question. How do we provide a free exchange of ideas during the pandemic? So it's gonna get you through those tough times. It's gonna set priority and focus. And those are some non-obvious things that a mission statement will do for you. So well said. And what I'm just thinking about, Ian, as you're, as you're talking is how is how important it is to actually think very critically about what your mission statement is because you also don't want to be held accountable to things that like you don't actually believe right like and or and or priorities that that aren't that are that are more ideal than than actual priorities right and so i think yeah. some of the the best mission statements um i would imagine are those that are that are not just you know specific not just actionable but also like truly aligned with direction around where the organization, where the institution, where the particular program is trying to go. And if it's not, right, you sure as hell better revisit that ASAP. Because again, if this is meant to be some accountability, uh, you know, so, so, uh, if it's meant to act as um, some way to hold us accountable and or to enforce some some direction, some focus, it sure as heck better be aligned appropriately and the various stakeholders uh, better, uh, better be bought in. You uncovered another a jewel here in terms of non-obvious. We will have an episode dedicated to values, which we'll touch on this, but I think you've touched on it here as well, which is you're absolutely right. If the ideal day-to-day -day habits or operations of your institution are not aligned with your team, or if you're a team member or a leader within an institution and you can't and you're not bought in, to the how we will proceed and yeah. how we will conduct ourselves, then it's not a good fit. So that in itself is going to kind of determine or design the culture of the students you, you bring and attract. It's going to design and sort of predict the type of faculty that you bring in, the type of leadership. So it, it I guess a non-obvious thing just to underscore it again is it's going to help you really craft the culture we hear a lot about culture, but it will help you craft the culture of that organization as an outcome because it does act as a filtering mechanism. So well said there. And I, I feel like what we're kind of dancing around here is this is this notion that there is something not necessarily inherently broken, but something uh, especially challenging when it comes to developing mission statements. And I think generally speaking, uh, and again, like, you know, you should always be skeptical of generalities, but like their, uh, you know, mission statements do tend to be somewhat vague, right? Like they, they tend to not be super specific. They tend to not be quite actionable. If you ask, you know, a bunch of people in your organization, hey, what is our mission statement? You might get completely different answers or, or no answer yeah. at all. And right. No and, and that's, and that's, yeah. and that's a significant problem, right? If again, this is meant to be the direction that the organization or the institution is, is progressing in. So what are some of the reasons you think mission statements tend to be super vague? Well, we've hit a couple already um, or alluded to a few, and we can move quickly through this because maybe better to, to look at the how to do a mission statement yeah. correctly. But 
oftentimes you approach your mission statement like designed by committee, right? You get all your key stake stakeholders in a room and you have something very succinct, something very clear, something very direct. And inevitably people will be like, oh, I don't like this word or this word's actually better. And it just starts to get watered down because of this design by committee. Yeah. And this applies to your value statement and also your vision statement. So just be careful of that, generally speaking, and all things brand manifesto. Now, the other thing that we're trying to address and why we've kind of bought into this, this series is that there are a lot of frameworks out there. What is a mission statement? What is a vision statement? So because of those confusing frameworks, hmm. a common one again is what's the difference between a vision and mission statement? This is going to create a lot of ambiguity when it comes to crafting a mission statement. So this is why they become vague. They become a little bit like a vision, a little bit like a mission. They yeah. have values or principles built in. And this is why, this is the exact reason why I have created the brand manifesto framework to give that clarity, to give that straightforward, this is a framework you can follow. And so because they get confused or watered down, they become very difficult to remember. And to make matters worse, they don't get repeated or folded into your regular internal communications that your that leadership is doing with their teams. You know, they get shelved, they get put on like platitudes, like, you know, etched in a, in a stone sculpture somewhere in the center of campus, or they start collecting digital dust on your, on your website, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they just get shelved on these platitudes and they don't get repeated and they're vague and they're confusing and they're impossible to remember because of that. Hey everybody, Zach from Enrollify here. You know that feeling you get when your boss tells you to go find a new CRM? Or when you're tasked with finding a handful of digital agencies to respond to your RFP? It's exciting, but it's also a little overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you know what software or service provider is the best fit for your school's unique context? Well, that's why the Enrollify team built Chatter, a feedback platform built to help higher ed marketing and admissions teams find the software, services, and resources that they need for success. Chatter is your one-stop shop for reviews on CRMs, student information systems, application software, marketing agencies, online program managers, branding agencies, higher education associations, professional development resources, and much, much more. Our goal is to equip you with the information that you need to make the right purchasing decision for your team. Get started by reading reviews and writing one of your own, and then invite your colleagues to do the same. Click the link in the show notes below or head on over to enrollify.org forward slash chatter. Chatter, it's where great decisions start. That's that's super interesting and, and, and spot on. And I also feel like what what's maybe happened in recent years, and you, you would know better than me here, but I also feel like the expectation of brand being something that is more actionable and is more measurable and is more important has just been elevated. So this this notion yeah. that like your brand should be accessible, people, you know, your your brand experience really matters, right? It's not just about uh, how it uh, how it looks; it's also about how it feels when you walk onto campus. And I think more so than ever before, at least in in higher education, this notion is being taken really seriously. And so. I think that while mission statements maybe historically or traditionally have sort of been slapped together with a group of faculty in a room arguing over yeah. particular words, I do feel like we've, right. we've progressed to a point where there's at least this awareness that no, 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 these things do really, really matter. They're incredibly important. 
and they need to be taken seriously. So, so, so like on that note, right. Let's, let's kind of dive into it. Like what, how should mission statements be developed? You, you mentioned a quick, uh, you made a quick point earlier about how you want to have the right people in the room, but you don't necessarily want everybody in the room. Uh, how should folks think about, um, developing a, a mission statement at the institutional level and or at the at the program level, uh, take it in whatever direction you you so desire. And maybe actually to kick us off, it might even be helpful to hear from you. Like, what are some really good examples of mission statements? Mm-hmm. And then let's unpack like how one might um, how one might put one into action. Yeah, well, I agree. I, I think there's a trend in the right direction in terms of like seeing brand manifesto or branding in general as something of value to the institution. I've had that direct experience with key stakeholders telling me, you know, to almost to nauseam that they are not a brand, right? (laughs) And so don't refer to them as a brand. And the brand manifesto is crucial in terms of setting that foundation, that position of who you are, why you matter, what you're trying to achieve. And then, of course, there's the application. So that's how you're showing up to your external audience. And that's more the brand application. Yeah. So, yes, good good thing for all of us that institutions are seeing the value in this work because it's work on self, right? Like I can tell you it's important to eat healthy and go to the gym. But if you don't believe it for yourself, you're not going to do that work on self. So sure, at the, at the sure. core of it, if you don't value work on self, you're never going to do this work. Now, who should be in the room? Let's say you're crafting a new mission statement or revisiting one that exists maybe for a program or possibly a new academic unit that the college is is launching. That could be a dean. It could be a provost. Whoever has really the kind of the core vision in mind and also has that, I think, institutional visibility because you have to be aligned, right? What we were saying before, you need that 30,000 foot view, but then all the way down to maybe your college or to your program. So whoever's responsible for starting that new program or that new school, that is the person who really needs to drive the conversation and and be sort of the, you know, buck stops here, decision maker, include a few key stakeholders, trusted advisors, but make sure it doesn't turn into this design by committee because it will be a filtering mechanism, again, as we've talked about, where your, you and your core you know, group of trusted advisors define the vision, mission, and values for a program, and then people are either going to buy in or they're not, and that's going to filter out some of the changes, organizational changes that you might need to make. So in terms of what makes a good mission statement, so we've talked about you know, who needs to be in the room and who needs to, to start. In terms of what makes a good mission statement, the number one filter needs to be, does it describe how we will conduct ourselves day to day, Hmm. right? So Hmm. if we're starting from scratch, we need to always be filtering whatever we come up with, with that filter. Is this how we want to conduct ourselves day to day in order to achieve our, our vision? So questions kind of that that percolate and this could be prompts for a brainstorm this could be prompts a writing prompt if you're looking at a blank screen you know in in a google doc but what are the ideal habits for your leadership and what are those ideal day-to-day habits for your team right and if we were to do say three things if we could only do three things every day when we clock in clock out what would those three things be hmm. what would we be, what would we be doing what should we be doing and in a perfect world 
how do you want your team, maybe if you're rewriting a mission statement and you see some challenges and you, you see some inefficiencies happening, ask yourself, okay, how do I want my team to be performing? How do I want my team to be acting? How do I want them to conduct themselves day to day? And if you really reflect and drum up answers to those key questions, you're going to arrive at a mission statement that I say adds value. And that's an acronym for A, needs to be authentic. So true to yourself, true to your vision, true to the brand. It needs to be direct. Hmm. So straightforward, has to be easy enough to remember and understand. It needs to de be determined. That is like, it has to have a focus, a purpose and a priority. And it has to be simple, simple enough and clear enough that people can recall on a whim. So that's your litmus test. Once you've gone through these questions, put the right people in the room and drafted a few mission statement variations. Is it authentic, direct, determined, and simple? Ah, I, I love that. I have never heard that before, Ian. Is that a, is that an Ian original? That's an IE original. I yes, love it. it. An IE original. <laughs> that's great, man. That's, yep. that's wonderful. Um, Thank you. On that note, just a quick follow-up question. I feel like there, when I hear people talk about this stuff, there tends to be folks who talk about mission statements as primarily being like for the internal community, right? Like the internal group of people to act as, as what you've alluded to already, kind of this, this, uh, this vehicle through which we can kind of focus our time, our energy, attention, right? That when a new opportunity comes, I think about like business, right? And it's like when a new opportunity mm -hmm. comes in the door, it's like, and it's kind of this, this client is maybe a little bit outside your wheelhouse. I think one of the most important questions folks ask that I hear asking is like, Hey, how does this align with our mission? Right? Like does, does exactly. this, does this make sense? But yeah. you know, I also hear folks talk a lot about, a lot about how mission statements are primarily outward statements. It's like how you want to be mm. perceived. Right. Mm -hmm. e even if it's, even if it's a little bit uh, disingenuous <laughs> by, you know, uh, with respect to how you actually act from, from sure. your perspective, I'm sure it's like a, well, it, it matters for both, but like, where how do you yeah, kind of think consulting answer, yeah. Right? Well, it yeah. Depends. well it depends yeah but how, how do you think about that tension and like from from your perspective like who is it who is the mission statement like primarily for brand manifesto is primarily for your internal audience it is allowing you as a leader as a founder as a dean as a provost as an entrepreneur right if for those maybe outside of higher ed or in higher ed thinking they may want to spin up their own lms someday it gives you the power to manifest inward to outward. Hmm. Okay. So that this is why we do brand manifesto. And it's true. If someone is to stumble upon your mission, like an unincorporated, you know, we tell our clients when they ask us, you know, well, what makes you different or, you know, how do you conduct yourself? Or if I'm consulting with, with someone, I'll, I'll share our internal brand manifesto. But ideally this is for your internal team because everything's going to emanate outward from there. Hey, that was a that was a great uh, a great succinct answer once again. Uh, I was waiting for the but, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't go. I like it. No. I, I have to make sure I'm adding value, right? Authentic, ah. direct, simple enough to understand. Uh, Ian, I, I wish I could just like talk to you all day throughout the day. So you could be like, <laughs> Zach, is that email that you're about to send or Zach? Is I can't that... afford to talk to you every all day long. Come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, this is great. And so, so you talked about sort of starting a mission statement from scratch. Most folks who are tuning into this conversation probably have some semblance of an mission statement that already exists, right? Certainly at the institutional level, 
you know, probably also at their college level, maybe even at their program level. But right, yep. they might as they're tuning in to to this chat, they might be thinking, "Oh gosh, well, like I I kind of you know knew what it was maybe three years ago, but I I, I couldn't actually tell you exactly what it means. It has something to do with you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But other than that, right. I, I couldn't tell you much. So for folks that ha know that they have something in place, um, and might want to maybe they're in a leadership position and they do have the authority to kind of shake things up a little bit, give it, a, give it yeah. a good audit and, or they want to compel their leadership to, to think twice about this. Um, sure. and, and maybe, maybe revisit it or, and, or update their mission statement. What, how, how do you recommend kind of like conducting like an audit of your, of your current mission statement, any sort of pro tips on, on how to do that? Well, yeah. So pro tip number one, get everyone in a room. Maybe it's a big, you know, lecture hall, and ask people what's what's our mission you're gonna hear crickets right nine <laughs> out of ten times no one's gonna raise their hand it's gonna be like trying to teach your students right who who wants to venture an answer here that's gonna be your immediate spot check yeah. so if you're questioning you know if, if you're a again a vice provost or some level of senior leadership and you're questioning that your team or your academic units aren't aligned around a central mission, or maybe you haven't seen the progress toward your vision year over year, or there's these challenges like dwindling enrollment numbers, or maybe your best fit students aren't, you know, knocking on the application door anymore. Maybe yeah. you're losing faculty or, you know, again, best fit students to some of your competitors. And you're starting, you're starting to get a sense of like, we're not on task here. We're not on our, on mission. Yeah. Get everyone in a room and just spot check it real quick or send out a survey if you don't want to stand in front of people and ask that question because it's going to be that moment of truth. What's our mission? You're going to get various answers. You'll likely get none at all. <laughs> and if you, if you have some answers, then I think a good follow-up question to that might be, and maybe this is a smaller group, but going to each of the heads of state you know, around the table, who, whoever has a seat at the table, how have you supported the mission? Hmm. What activities have you done in the last year that have supported? Okay, now we maybe put it up on the board and you say, okay, this is this is actually our mission statement. Can you tell me how we've supported this? And if we use uh, University of, of Rochester, I think they have a great mission statement. Learn, discover, heal, and create. Hmm. I'm paraphrasing here. It's a little longer, but it's still very succinct. I can stand in front of a room with leadership at the University of Rochester and ask them, how have you learned this year? How have you discovered? How have your classes discovered? What research? How have you healed? Day to day, how have you healed one another? Mm -hmm. Right? Staff to staff. Yeah. Just give me some, some anecdotes. And if people can't drum up experiences or examples, of ways they've supported this mission of learning, healing, discovering, and creating, chances are you need to either, you know, remind them what the mission statement is or take pen to pad and, and revisit it. Now, leadership has a responsibility to filter their operations through this lens. So you can ask your team and you can ask your audience and you can ask leadership outward, but you can also do that introspection as well. If I'm, again, a dean, I might ask myself, how have I conducted, how have I supported the mission of learning, discovering, healing, and creating? And if you yourself, as the person in charge, 
can't identify operations or come up with examples of how you've supported the mission, again, that is a very, very strong pro tip indication that you're not on mission and your mission should change. Oh, so, so fantastic, Ian. I, I, I love this. I'm, I'm picturing like the the room where the question is asked and it's and then it's crickets and then the whiteboard when it's all this like, you know, it's a come to Jesus meeting of like, uh oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I learned. I don't know how I healed, um, yeah. you know, but but again, that's and, but then the converse of that could be super inspiring. Yeah. Right? Let's say yeah. after you have that aha epiphany moment and then you redraft or you remind people, you put it back up and then people know, oh, this is how I'm supposed to act day to day. I'm supposed to learn day to day. I'm supposed to heal day to day. I'm supposed to create day to day. This is what my student, my uh, students are expected to do. Then all of a sudden that whiteboard fills up like wildfire. Yeah. And then you're just moving toward that vision even stronger. It can be so inspirational, it gives so, so much clarity and purpose and prioritization and focus. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, I feel the energy. It's great. I'm going to have to go work on my own uh, mission statement after this chat. But, um, but on, on, on that note, uh, Ian, I think one of the things I'd like a little clarity on is we talk a lot about in, in marketing and really kind of throughout in Rollify the importance of, you know, positioning statements. And we often like, you know, uh, r- rip a little bit on schools that have seemingly similar positioning statements that are like so pretty much identical to the school down the streets positioning statement. Right. And, and from what you're, from what I hear you saying, um, mission statements don't necessarily have to be your differentiator, right. As, as a college or as a university or as a program, Uh, it's probably a little, it's a little broader than that. Um, but, but I guess I, I really want to ask you a question. How, how do you mm-hmm. think about, like, do mission statements need to be, like, truly unique to a college or university in the same way that we would argue that, like, positioning statements do? But how do you sort of think about, like, the relationship between uh, whether or not mission statements need to be truly unique to your respective uh, place of place of, uh, of work? Because, you know, I can think about, you know, learning and discovering, right, and healing as something yeah. that everyone should be doing. Like it's very broad, yeah. like that could be interpreted right. in, a, in a zillion different ways. So how, how do you think through that tension? So in that, in that example, it's true. Many universities could make that their mission statement, but it's unique to you because there's probably many universities that don't prioritize those specific things. Hmm. So I, I think that it consulting answer, I think it could be both, right? It could be something that's near and dear and super unique to you. This is not to be confused with the value proposition, right? Your core differentiator, which is more how you communicate the difference between your university to another, right? That's yeah. more external communications. Yeah. But internally, the mission statement might be very similar. It's it, Again, if we were just to look at this on the individual level, you and I may say, like, I have a vision of being a really healthy person. Yep. And for that reason, my day-to-day is to eat healthy, right? No sugar, no salt, no fatty foods. You and I share that mission, but we're, we're, we're different individuals, but we have a shared mission, even though maybe our paths are, are slightly different. So yeah. I, I think they can be more um, cross-pollinated. They're, they're probably more likely to show up as a general. Yeah. They're more, they're more likely to be shared yeah. collectively across your you know, kind of your competitive landscape than say your value propositions are. That said, 
I have come across a few mission statements that are very distinct and specific and work as that filtering mechanism that we talked about before. Georgetown, for example, uh, is a good example. Their mission statement is, and again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here to, for the emphasis, but remain committed to the Jesuit traditions. Hmm. Now, there are very few universities that will put that in front of their leadership team and say, how have we stayed committed to the Jesuit traditions? Hmm. Hmm. That's not as widely or as generalized as, say, you know, learn, create, discover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean that either one is more effective or not because it's the how to proceed, but they can be in, in specific cases. They can be unique to, to who you are. All of this gets down to the to the core of what you value. Yeah. And we're going to do a whole episode on your values, but that is at the center of it all. It's the you know, the true fundamental reasons of who you are as an institution. So if your values then become the how you will proceed and the how is supposed to achieve what you want to achieve, you collectively may have similar values to other institutions. And because of that, your mission statement will also be similar. Yeah, I, I love the uh, healthy eating example and or just the the commitment to health example that actually like just cleared up a ton in, in my own head, right? It's like you and I can both commit, as you said, to, to being healthy, to not eating sugar, to, you know, avoiding other bad food for you. We can all we can also commit to working out, but the the workouts that we do might be very different. Even exactly. within eating healthy, right? The the foods that we consume might be different. And exactly. I might load up on protein. You might be, a, you know, a, a vegan, right? And and you, one could argue that you're, you're, we're both, we're both kind of fulfilling that promise, right? We're fulfilling that commitment, and yet we're we're taking a a wildly different approach to it. Um, but uh, so 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 that that makes a ton of sense to me, and and I and I love that, and I also love how you keep reiterating the the importance of a mission statement first and foremost needing to be adopted at home, and I feel like mm -hmm. that that is. And at home, you know, meaning around the around the around the table with with faculty yeah. and staff alike, um, yeah. and I, I think there too often uh, marketing teams get caught up in like trying to they've worked with a consultant maybe maybe like unincorporated they've come up with like this new mission statement and or a, a new vision statement a new value proposition whatever it might be, and they do a really poor job at getting uh, internal adoption right, and I feel like. You, you can only talk to so many people as a higher education marketer at a respective college or university. Like your network only exists. Yeah. It's, it's only so big, right? E even as the CMO, right? Yeah. If, if you don't do an effective job at helping bring other people along for this journey and communicating very clearly what these things are and why they matter, that, that adoption rate is is, is not going to be fast enough to have a meaningful or measurable impact in a relatively yeah. short period of time, right? A lot of, anytime people go through, or oftentimes when people go through a rebrand or they do some some brand audit, right? They develop a new brand, they roll it out over the course of you know three or four years. Around that three year mark, right? Like leadership really does want some sense of measurement. Like, hey, did it work? Mm -hmm. Like did all this, mm -hmm. this in money and time that we spent doing, like what, yeah. what was the return on that, right? Um, and, exactly. and if at the, you know, three years, there's, there's not, there's not clarity on that, then, you know, difficult conversations happen. Anyways, all this is to say is I really hope, uh, and I'm glad that you keep saying this, that 
one of uh, our job as as marketers or people that are doing this work within the context of higher education is first and foremost to get adoption from our community and get buy-in from our community before we expect external constituencies to to buy into to our belief system right absolutely yeah there's that saying like what gets measured gets improved mm. so you can find ways within your mission statement to quantify it, you know, heal, right? We will heal every day. We'll quantify that. Like what, what is the measurement, unique measurement of healing and treat it as a data point, right? Mm. Now it's going to take some creativity and some innovation, right? Cause it's not website visitors, you know, heads on pillows or butts and seats as we <laughs> yeah. like to say, but you can, and that's, I think, where where as a, as a leader and maybe where some consultancy helps is you can put definitive metrics around these somewhat qualitative things Go, using our health example. You know, it, it, we're going to measure maybe the outcome of our blood pressure yeah. or our weight yeah. loss. Right. Or the, the, the number of times we have an unhealthy thought, <laughs> you know, like there there are ways to measure this so that you can keep people accountable and can ensure that you're actually driving toward the vision. The other thing that in terms of adoption, that's really important is you have to not only communicate the mission and ask people, you know, what do you plan to do? How, how will you execute against this? What are some initiatives within your department? Come back, document those initiatives within your department that support this mission. Yeah. So you can make it collaborative. You can measure it, right? So you're tracking this to making sure that we're hitting our goals. But then you also, as a leader, need to be reminding people that the reason why we're doing these ideal habits day to day is because of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Our yeah. vision. Yeah. And the vision is the purpose. It's that big, hairy, lofty goal that's just out of reach. It scares us a little bit, right? Because it's like, will we ever achieve it? Hopefully not, right? Because it has to be just a little bit out of reach. But that's the higher purpose of your mission statement. So connecting those dots is, is also very important in terms of getting adoption and buy-in and, and keeping the ship aligned. This is awesome, Ian. I, uh, as always, it's, it's always just so fun to talk to you. Uh, you're so full of wisdom and insight here. Um, and I, um, f uh, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't invite you to share a little bit about where folks could learn more about this stuff. Um, I know that you've got uh, a plethora of resources um, on Unincorporated's website. But if folks want to just kind of pick your brain and or um, learn a little bit more about how you've developed these frameworks and or even just access them in a little bit more of a concrete fashion, what's the yeah. best way for them to do so? Yeah, well, thank you for that opportunity and a little space here to not only plug unincorporated.com slash brand manifesto. So if you want to try to take this work on yourself and with your team, We've developed an entire workbook and a methodology that you can follow and listen to these podcast episodes to kind of give additional context because you can only learn so much from the workbook. But if you want a guide and you want to reach out, ian at unincorporated.com, please reach out. I'm more than happy to schedule a 15-minute consult, just spot check your mission statement, maybe clarify some open questions that you might have. I'm also launching a brand manifesto cohort coming nice. up uh, next semester it's on maven it's a little bit of a competitor but not much um so if someone actually wants to learn synchronously with me as a lead instructor to help guide them through the brand manifesto framework that course is also available 
Wonderful. And we will link to everything that Ian just mentioned in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this conversation and you want to connect with Ian, you want to learn a little bit more about Unincorporated, you want to learn about his upcoming cohort, just scroll on down and all the links will be uh, in the show notes below. Ian, as always, thank you so much, sir, for your time and uh, looking forward to our uh, forthcoming chats. Yes, likewise. Thank you, Zach. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcast.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcast.enrollify.org.